Get it. Evolutionary.org podcast coming your way. 415 Q&A episode. Steve Smee here. And the Rickster Ricky V Rock. What up? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. So, guys, we're going to do a rapid-fire episode of the Q&A. Maybe we'll keep this going in the future. We're going to talk about each of these three, four minutes rapid-fire. We have a bunch of topics coming your way. The first one is a ride from customs months late. So this guy, he said he ordered a package of boner pills and some clen, and he said that the package got to customs, and he could tell that it was had been open. And then they taped it back up with tape that read U.S. Customs. No warning note or anything else. So he said either they don't care and or I'm on a list. So he thought it was gone and ended up showing up regardless. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, really quick on this one, I think, you know, they opened it up. They made sure it seems like, you know, customs, they have a job to do. And they don't have time to go through every package. They opened it up. They say, you know, hey, this dude can't get it up. He's ordering some big pills overseas. Ha, ha, ha. Tape it up and and it's on its way. So I think if you were ordering a bunch of fake Rolexes or or something like that, Rick, I think they would care um, because you're hurting companies. You're hurting people who work for those companies. But if you're ordering some dick drugs, maybe a couple vials, of gear, you know, personal This guy was ordering clenbuterol. Yeah, this guy yeah. was ordering clenbuterol. So I don't think it's a big deal, but if you were ordering Raws or you're ordering a ton of gear where it looks like you're reselling it, then they might give a shit. So I think in this situation, maybe they fly this address, but I really don't think it's it's that big a deal. So what do you think, man? I see the story a lot throughout the year. This story of guys getting their, their orders, their gear with uh, green U.S. Customs tapes on the outside. Get this story uh, a few times uh, a year. Not, not as many times as we get threads about people getting customs letters or just touchdown threads of people getting their shit, no problem. A lot of times they get their drugs and there's green tape on the outside. And look, it's very simple what's going on here, guys. There isn't a lot, there isn't a big need to look into it too much. Human error, that's all it is, human error. You have customs officials that are trained to spot all types of contraband. They're not just worried about steroids. Steroids are just a small portion of, of a whole bunch of contraband that could come in through customs that's not supposed to come in. Everything from like fossils, national treasures, bacterial agents, biohazard agents. There's other kinds of drugs that people use that are not for building muscle. Uh, not, you know, some of them are for getting high. Some of them are because they think it's going to expand the, their brain capacity. There's just a bunch of different co- types of contraband. Steve just mentioned fake stuff. So. It's just human error. You get this, this, this U.S. Customs guy. He might not know everything that he's supposed to be looking for. He might, he might be in a bad, having a bad day. He might be uh, a sick. He might be new on the job. He might, he might just have to fill in the sheet how many packs he opened 
but he didn't want to go through the paperwork of confiscating and taking more time away from his hours. So he ripped a few open, act like he looked in, put green tape on them, put them down on his log, and he did his job for the day. Even if he opened some stuff that had contraband, put green tape on it and let it go on, on its way. If they're going to do a controlled delivery, first of all, it's, it's got to be a lot. Like, you got to have a lot of stuff. They're going to get all these all these uh, officers out there to your location. They got to they have some shit. Like, you, you better be ordering some bit stuff. Uh, and, and the box would look, would look untouched. You're not going to get a controlled delivery, cops knocking your door down, if the box they put on your doorstep has U.S. Customs tape on it. That, that, that just would be not a, a real smart way of running a sting operation, I think. So you get the stuff with U.S. Customs tape on it. Likely did not. It was opened or it was like pretend to be open to fill a log for what the guy had to do that day. But it's all complete human error. There isn't much to, to look into. That's the end of that one. I could send someone. I could I could fly to Britain, Rick, and send you a bunch of illegal stuff to your address. And then, you know, they could bust your door down for that. So this just doesn't happen. Like any anyone can can try to screw with someone like that. So, you know, at the end of the day, unless you're being watched, unless they already suspect something, you don't got to worry about it. I would get a PO box. If you're going to order international, this way you can just keep changing your PO box number. Then, you know, don't order it to your house. Don't get your address flagged. I mean, that would be a headache because if you ever do order something that's important or your grandma from another country sends you something and don't get to you, because your address is flagged. So you always just use a PO box or order domestic is, is my advice. And never order a large amount, but any smart source would not send you a large amount anyway. All right, guys. So the next one is classic bulking test. Decker Demol. This guy is 30 years old, five foot eight, 150. So that's not very much for someone who's five foot eight and 30 years old. That tells me that you don't have much muscle on your frame, but everyone has a different skeletal structure i've seen guys who don't weigh much and they look jacked you know some of 58150 could be really really jacked so if you go to a physique competition regional physique competition these guys are these shorter dudes like us rick they don't weigh much because they're so shredded so but in his situation he wants to know should i swap out d-ball for something less water retention so the classic deca Dianable and testosterone stack. It's something that I've ran a couple of times. It's going to give you a tremendous amount of appetite increase. You're going to be wanting to eat, eat, eat. It's going to give you a lot of bloat. It's going to put on a lot of size. All right. And it's going to put on a good amount of strength as well. So if that's what you want, go for it. Personally, you know, that look isn't something that I strive for personally, but I understand it when you're, when you're a really skinny dude, you may have that insecurity of being skinny and you want to put on 10, 15, 20 pounds, even if it's water retention, and even if it makes your muscles look, you know, look kind of flabby, you know, and not, not rip. So I get it. So that's a classic stack. Um, there's different ways to run it. I'd always run with DECA, Proviron. So if I were to do something here different, I could, you could swap out the D-Bowl for Anavar, which is the DHC derivative. Then when you're done with the Anovar on the cycle, go ahead and run the Proviron the rest of the way. So you got a little DHT effect there because the Decadurabolin, that will metabolize into DHN in the body and then that could lead to Decadic. So you want to make sure you run the DHT derivative right away. If not, you're going to be playing catch up after you come off. You're going to get the Decadic 
and then you're going to be complaining about it. So it's important to run a DHT derivative always with either uh, NPP, nandrolone phenylpropionate, or decathrobolin, which are both nandrolones. So that's that's my golden rule right there if you do choose to run run this cycle. But should you swap out the D-ball for something less water retention? My answer is yes, because you're going to get a lot of water retention with, with uh, DECA and, and, and testosterone together. So I'd even lower your testosterone dosage to get the less water retention because, but like I said, if you just want to put on a lot of water, go for it. Rapid fire, Rick, uh, give us, give us your minute thought on this. Do you swap out the depot with something with less water retention? Depends on your goals and what you're trying to achieve. If you're really trying to bulk, get big, just ride the water retention out. If you don't want the additional water retention, switch it out for Terenobol. Terenobol is meant to be a D-ball without aromatization, without the water retention. So just use that. As far as dosing goes, if you're a new guy, new jack, new to the game, get away with doing as little as 250 milligrams of testosterone a week, 100, maybe 150, I'm going to go 200, 100 milligrams of deca per week, and 10, just, just 10 MGs of Debo a day. If you're a new guy training for five to eight years natural, this is your first sake, second cycle, you're going to grow on that. You're going to grow on that way better than natural. Intermediate guy, a few cycles in your belt, already a big guy, 500 testosterone, 200 deca, 20 mgs of Debo per day. You're good to go. And you can swap out the Debo for Turin ball if water retention is a concern. That's about it. So let me take on the next one, Rick, and then you can take on, on the next one after that on your own. Because this one is uh, has involved with hair loss. And since you don't have any hair, <laughs> I, and I do, I think this one is, uh, I can share my experiences of when I've lost and shedding hair. So this guy says he's been on test sip for 10 years, TRT dose of 250, experiencing major hair loss, uh, especially up toward his forehead. And he says it's embarrassing for a 29-year-old to actually be missing head hair. He wants to know if, she, if she, he should go on finasteride to save the rest of his hair. So first of all, I don't know why you've been on TRT since you were 19 years old. That's really bizarre to me. Maybe you had some type of medical issue. And look, that's fine. I respect that. Maybe you just use steroids as a teenager and you fucked yourself up. So you had to go on TRT at a young age. That's fine. You know, it's your, you know, it's your business. But at the very least, when you're running TRT, you should run a correct TRT dose. So if you're running 250 milligrams a week, that's more than twice what a, a TRT dose should be, which is a bit, somewhere between 90 and 125 milligrams a week. Okay. So if you're running more than double that, Yes, you're going to lose hair because that testosterone, those hormones in your body are going to convert to dihydrotestosterone, and those are going to burn your head hair follicles. And if you're burning your head hair follicles from that DHT, you're causing other issues in your body. You're swelling up your prostate along with it, which you may not be aware of right now. Uh, maybe you do. I don't know. Maybe you have a lot of peeing problems where you have to get up at night and pee often. Maybe you have to pee during the day. So these are little red flags that cause that have prostate issues, which will catch up to you eventually. So I get that TRT dose corrected. Number two, finasteride. Finasteride blocks the conversion of dihydrotestosterone. It does not <clears throat> block if you're taking a DC derivative, but in your situation, it would help you keep your hair. But finasteride has nasty side effects because you are blocking your DHT. 
So as a man, do we want to block DHT? No, we don't, because it's going to wreck. It could permanently cause erectile dysfunction, libido loss, and other issues. So I personally would not run the finasteride. I would just focus on fixing your TRT dose. And then Rick, Rick's company, N2BM, also sells a product called N2 Shampoo, which you should definitely grab, and that will help you um, with your head hair. That will help strengthen the, your head hair that you have. So I think the combination of all that will definitely help. I'll take on that a little bit since we're doing rapid fire. Caffeine, uh, they're really good, good uh, science behind caffeine blocking androgens out of those hair follicles. When applied topically, you've got to apply it on the skin and it'll work. Nizoral shampoo, it's also a good way to block androgens out of your hair follicles. But the caffeine shampoo that you can buy from me, it's N, the number two, shampoo.com. Go to N, number two, Anderson Nancy, number two, shampoo.com. I'll send you right to my page of N2 Shampoo. Now, since we've released N2 Shampoo into the market, there are other caffeine shampoos that entered the market. Some by some very mainstream companies, and they are marketing and catering to guys that are just losing their hair naturally. Uh, some of these brands are, are now way bigger than ours is. And, and the way it worked out is, look, these guys just made a caffeine shampoo to help men with hair loss from just natural uh, aging, which, you know, DHT. And they just put all their weight behind it. And they made big brands out of just having uh, a shampoo and a conditioner with caffeine in it. That's the whole business. This is, there's whole companies out there that are just making one, one or two versions of caffeine shampoo. That's it. My caffeine shampoo is added in with the rest of my other products that cater to the bodybuilder. So never focus on making it the, the flagship. Uh, it's really an item that a lot of you guys out there just pick up for your cycles. And the ones of you that are converts to enter shampoo, you pick it up all the time. I have to have these products in here because it's the same couple hundred guys picking up two, three bottles a couple of times per year. You know, every, every so often we'll get a new guy, but it's probably the most loyal customer product. The product with the most customer loyalty, I should say, is into shampoo. They're guys that come to my store and only grab into shampoo and nothing else. Some of them don't even work out. They just heard about into shampoo through other channels. So very legit. It blocks the androgens from the hair follicles. When the hair follicles um, have dehydrotestosterone or some other hard androgens attaching to them, it, 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 it hinders the ability for that hair follicle to take in nutrients and continue to, to grow and regenerate itself. And over time, it just it, it dies out. And even when your androgen levels are lowered, that hair follicle is, is over with anyway. You, you basically kind of burnt it out. So protecting the hair follicle beforehand is very important. Now, my hair, I started losing my hair around 2005, 2006, when I was uh, 25, 27. Got a little bit of a light spot in the crown after a, a, a trombone cycle that, that uh, when I was really stressed out. And I think combination of the stress and tremble and knocks on my hair out. I just shaved it down. It wasn't until around... Six, seven years later that we had the idea to develop into shampoo and I've made it part of my staple now and it's helped me keep some of my stubble. But uh, I think naturally I was going to 
cobalt anyway, even without steroids. Uh, maybe steroids sped it up by by five, by maybe five years of that. But it, it, I think, had I not started using into shampoo, I wouldn't even have some of the some of the nice looking stubble that I can that I can grow sometimes. So, into shampoo specifically to block high hard androgens right out of the hair follicle. So give that a shot, guys. You'll be good. And Just, the number two shampoo. That's N as in Nancy, number two in shampoo.com. Yeah, check that out, guys. Next one is all yours, Rick. Mixing Osterine with gear for healing. You're really excited about this one. Well, it's, it's he, here this, this guy is asking, would it be wasteful to add some Osterine to Anavar testosterone GW cycle for healing tendinitis? In that stack, the only thing that's going to heal anything is the Osterine. Neither VAR, no testosterone, no GW are going to heal your joints. Maybe Osterin and, and, and MCA, those might be a, a, those might be a good stack. Osterin with TB500, that's a great stack. Osterin is great for, uh, for healing. As far as mixing it with steroids for healing, I mean, what, DECA? DECA is the only one that's been kind of known to help heal joints. Anything else would probably be no, 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 no bueno. Uh, you can mix Osterin with IGF-1, mix it with human growth hormone, TB500, uh, BPC-157. You could really mix it with some of these, uh, mix it with N2 Joint Rx, my product. N, the number, N is in Nazi, number two, jointrx.com. Go there, and it's a joint support product. It'll, it'll provide all of the vitamins and minerals that, that you might be deficient in. Sometimes deficiencies keep us from just normal functions. And so it provides those. And then it provides the substrate that your body needs to actually make the tissue, like the glucosamine, like the coral calcium that we put in the product. They're just some really good, good ingredients in this product and rocking it out. So that, that's that's the stack. Uh, um, but yeah, I mean, Anavar Testosterone GW, None of those are really going to help with uh, with healing. Now, tendinitis, depending where it's at in your body, chances are that a lot of stretching, maybe getting one of those massage guns, warm presses, cold press, cold presses, all that stuff. Uh, you might see maybe even some immediate relief, as opposed to steroids, which could take a long time. But you still need to. Uh, run some kind of therapy in the area, do something, either stretching or, or some kind of treatment as well too. You should. So it's a good, it's a, it's a, it's not, not the best stack uh, Anavar test in GW for healing. There's other best stuff out there. And, and even then, like I said, guys, let's not be too focused on the drugs. You have a tendonitis, you probably get much more relief and get closer to healing after a really good kind of a, a massage session where you're working the tissue a little bit, you might get some more relief from that than, than taking osterin and, and peptides, which could take a few days for you to, for you to really uh, feel it. So that's it. So next one is hydration. Hydration is key. So let me give you some stats on our body guys most of our body is made of water i think most of you understand that but did you know that 80 percent of your muscles are also made of water 80 percent of your kidneys are made of water 
over 80% of your lungs are made of water. Even your brain, even your skin is mostly water. And even your bones are about 30, 35% water. So, you know, we are a water being. You will die from not drinking water before you'll ever die of not having food or even not having sleep or other things. Uh, the only other thing I can think of, Rick, that will kill you quicker is temperature. If you are in an extreme cold climate, you will die of hypothermia pretty quickly within minutes. If it's a really, really cold situation, if you're really, really hot, you'll actually dry die from heat exhaustion, but it will be caused by dehydration. And that's why if you ever go, well, that's why if you look at nature, Rick, those squirrels and all the animals and stuff, you notice they're very, very active at sunrise. And then one, once you get in the middle of the day on a really hot day, it gets quiet. You don't hear them very much. And then in the evening, things get rustling again. So animals and nature know to stay the hell out of the sun in the middle of the day on a hot day because you will dehydrate yourself. You'll get heat exhaustion. So it's very important to keep hydrated. When we work out, that's very, very important to be hydrated. Um, I like to work out fasted. I prefer not to have food because when I eat food, I get slower. Our body has to process that food. So what I'll do is I'll sip water in a fasted state. This way I get my hydration up. So if you're sweating, do a lot of sweating, you live in a hot climate, like we're supposed to as human beings, it's a good idea to get some electrolytes back, some, add some salt to your water, for example. So these are little tricks that you can do to stay hydrated. Also quality of water, bring you for rapid fire. Quality of water is important. I talk about it a lot on this podcast, guys. The water that you drink out of your faucet in the United States, depending on where you live. Now you live in, in you know, if you live in New York, it's going to be good quality water because people in New York, they give a shit about the water. But in other parts of the country, people don't give a shit about the water. They don't care about their health as much. So I know in the stores in Florida, Rick, in South Florida, at least, they actually sell New York water. People actually buy that shit. <laughs> water from fucking New York. So, but the water you drink across New the York country, tap water, most places you can drink it on the tap. Is dude, so there's good. restaurants that actually have water shipped in from New York, Italian restaurants. And it makes the food. Oh, taste yeah, better. because of the pizza. Yeah, because, okay, yeah, yeah. To make the pasta, the pizza, and all that, I know. There's some guys uh, around the way in New York that go to a pizza competition every year and they have to bring jugs of, of water from, from New York to, to the competition, which I think is in Chicago competition because the water is just not the same. Yeah, New York water is, is great for, for food preparation and other things. Yeah, there you go, guys. So you can go on the website, ewa.org, and test, put in your zip code, and it'll tell you what's in your water. And most of you out there have absolute shit in your water that causes cancer and all this problem. So water is crucial, good quality water, guys. And a lot of bottled water out there is just shitty tap water. So you've got to buy legitimate brands, guys. It's really easy to know if it's good water. You just get it tested. You get a, a chlorine test and test that bottle of water until it has chlorine in it, that's a good, good, obvious way to know, hey, this is just shitty tap water, or it's actually good spring water. So water is so crucial, guys. And our water is so bad. So hydration is important. Rick, what are your thoughts on hydration? Um, I mean, hydration is important, but dehydration is overrated. Uh, 
they make it sound like we're in this constant threat of dehydration. And I'm sure, you know, companies that make sports drinks and, and companies that are charging you dollar for a bottle of water, I'm, I'm sure all that marketing goes, goes right behind it. So hydration is important. Dehydration is overrated. You're not at a constant state of you're not constantly in danger of becoming dehydrated. That is just not, is not reality. And your body can adjust. Your body can do many different tricks to make sure that it gets enough water. For example, it can, if, you, if, you, if you're not getting water, chances are you might not be getting food either. So if you're getting neither of those, your body's going to break down some cells it doesn't need and use the cell to, to feed itself and takes the water out of it. So some dead cells that probably don't, you don't need kind of anyway, and you haven't eaten or drank in a, in a, in a good while, those cells are going to be uh, recycled for their water and for the amino acids and, and whatever else is in there that your body can reutilize. If, if you're getting a little dehydrated, guess what? Your body's just going to hold on to the food a little bit longer in your colon. Your colon is just going to extract that much more water out of the food, more than normally would, because you need it more now. Your, your, your kidneys are going to run leaner. And you're going to get, yeah, darker piss because now your kidneys are going to filter out those same amount of, uh, of toxins that it filters out, but now using less liquid. And granted, you don't, you don't want to be in that state where you, your, your turds are super dry and, and, your, and your pee is super dark. That's, that's not a good thing for, for an extended period of time. But when you see that, it's kind of your body responding to lack of water. So no, you're not in this constant danger of dehydration, okay? Fuck what the sports drink commercials say. Your body will do, will find ways to, to get more water out of, out of the food you are taking in or to repurpose some of the water that's already in your body. And being well hydrated is, is, is a good thing. There are good health and lifestyle benefits to just maintaining good hydration but if you're not at this really good super hydrated state where you're you know having a, a gallon of water fresh of clear water hey even if you're not at that hyper high like really super hydrated level you'll be just fine just being normally hydrated maybe a touch needing a little bit of water like you'll function for days you'll be fine you'll be fine you're not in this huge danger of of death or you know the way Again, sports strings and bottled water companies uh, help put this marketing out there to make it sound that way. Now, your body's pretty efficient at doing what it needs to do with water. Shit, if we, if we weren't, then, you know, we would die out as a species well before uh, spring water, uh, <laughs> bottled spring water and, and, and gallons of water were a thing. No, we've been, we've been used to being a little bit dried mouth and getting... A, a good portion, majority of our liquids from just the foods we eat. This, this catting around a bottle of water, of fresh, clean water with you everywhere you go, it's a new thing. There are some benefits to it. Don't get me wrong. There's some benefits to getting more water than you normally would, just like there are benefits to getting more creatine than you normally would. You get creatine in your food already anyway. But when you add larger amounts of creatine, there are additional benefits that your body that your body will, will have from having more creatine than, than you normally would to survive 
I mean, it's kind of the same thing with water. Having just a little bit more water flowing through your body than, than you, you normally need, it, it helps out a lot of things. It does help with, with your kidneys, with your skin, with just a, a di- bunch of different different things. So that's my spiel on it. You know, being, a, being well hydrated, some good health benefits to it. Not being all super hydrated, but just regular, normal. You're not drinking a gallon of water a day. You'll survive. You'll be fine. A little bit darker piss, a little bit harder turds, um, but it, it just survived. Oh, one more thing, guys. Um, a lot of guys interpret hunger as uh, dehydration as hunger. So sometimes you're just thirsty, but you think. So if you're trying to cut weight, feel a little bit hungry, have a, a bottle of water or two, 16, 32 ounces of water before you you go and prep your, your food if you're really that hungry. And you'll notice that just the water will satiate you some because some of that thing you feel as hunger is thirst and you'll be, you'll, you'll be prepping meals that aren't as large. It won't be, you won't be trying to put a lot of your plates. So definitely staying hydrated. Good thing. Yeah. And our ancestors didn't have bottled water. Our ancestors didn't have plumbing. Um, our ancestors, when they wanted water, they'd have to go grab it and then boil it or they'd have to build or, you know, get, get filter it, you know, and then people started uh, having wells. Um, But if you live in a location where there was no wells available, you would have to filter the water, uh, carbon filter it. So yeah, it wasn't that easy to get a bunch of water. We're very blessed to have access to water today, but it, it is, yeah, like you said, it's not like a life or death situation in most situations. Um, all right, so next one, Rick, uh, we have a few minutes left of the podcast, so we need to hit these last three topics quick. Penicillin and steroid use. This guy says he has an infection. He's got to get his wisdom tooth taken out. Um, as an adult, getting your wisdom tooth taken out is a big, big deal, guys, because a lot of things can go wrong. He wants to know, should he just hold off on a cycle? Absolutely, you should hold off on a cycle because um, knock on wood, if you don't get complications from removing your wisdom teeth, then, you know, that's great. But there is a chance that you will as an adult. A dry socket is something that I went through in my mid-20s, and it is miserable. I mean, it is miserable for three days. Having The, the pain is excruciating. So you're not going to be able to work out anyway. So you might as well just hold off on your cycle, get this taken care of. Really, really important for those of you, you know, who are young, uh, listening to this as teenagers or in college or something, get your wisdom to take taken care of early in life so you don't have to worry about it later on. Take care of your teeth when you're young so you don't have to worry about it later on. I'm not a fan of antibiotics, but there are certain situations where you need to take antibiotics. And there is a chance that you could be allergic to penicillin because I was. I actually went into anaphylactic shock when I used penicillin. Uh, doc, a dentist gave me penicillin for a tooth uh, surgery that I had. And I got so messed up that I almost died because my, my throat closed up from getting um, from that penicillin. So be very careful with these antibiotics. They do cause damage in your body. They destroy your gut flora. So I strongly recommend you not take antibiotics unless they're absolutely necessary, guys. They do a lot of damage. You want to uh, chime in on this, Rick, 30 seconds before we have to move on? Yep, yep. yep. Um, So penicillin, um, out of the out of that family of of antibiotics, the only one that's can hurt your liver a little bit is is amoxicillin. Um, Amoxicillin clabulinate, 
believe it's it's how it's pronounced. And that one can cause uh, liver issues. So if you're taking orals, maybe taking amoxicillin, not not the best look. But as far as like ampicillin or, or benzyl penicillin or phenoxamethyl penicillin, I can't pronounce that. Um, they're, they're, they're fine. They're, they're okay uh, with steroids. I mean, there's, especially if you're, they're just injectable, they're not taking orals, you'd be fine. As a matter of fact, um, some bodybuilders that are going up to a show and they get a acne breakouts, acne breaking out uh, because of their cycle, their steroid, high protein diet, what, you, what have you. They'll take some antibiotics uh, on the days before the show just to dry up some of the acne on their skin. I think doxycycline is the is the good one for that, um, and it's fine. They'll run it right along with the steroids. It's just if you put it into context, it's not uncommon for bodybuilders with skin issues or infections to take antibiotics along with the steroids. Now, going back to the core of your question, if you haven't like oral surgery, because I, I just had two oral surgeries, uh, a pictocamia, I can't pronounce that. And then I had a, a, a titanium implant that fell out. So that, that hole needed to be refilled bone, and then, and then the, the gums needed to be sewn back together. So um, man, a week after um, a full weekend and a couple of days after the, oper the, the second operation, I tried to go for a run. And when my heart rate went up, I could feel my heartbeat right in my gum where, where the, where the stitches had been. So I knew that tissue wasn't healed. So you might want to quit the steroids, not even because of the, of the drug interaction, but just cause you're not going to be able to put out in the gym. You're just not going to be able to put the time in. If you're a huge guy, huge muscular guy, and you need to be on a little something to maintain musculature, I get it. But if you're pretty decent, regular size guy, and you're just going on a cycle to get bigger and grow and make progress, not the best idea to, to run it with, 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 uh, um, not, not, I mean, not the best idea to, to run steroids while you're using, uh, an antibiotic to fight a, a possible infection or a condition. You want to, you want to be full and healthy and off of all prescription drugs before you take on steroids. That's my take on that. All right, guys, two last ones really quick. Nut shrinking on cycle. I'll let you take this one, Rick, because you have a product for this. He is doing testosterone, puropionate, equipoise, and anavar. He says his nuts are definitely smaller than usual, and he's in week eight. He write about HCG. My question is, how much do I need? All right, so HCG, how much HCG do you need? Um, don't take HCG. Take my N2 generate slash HC generate product. Go to HCG. It's a HC generate. So it's HC generate and hcgenerate.com. That's a great product for any guys that are suffering from your testicle shrinking. One of the things to keep in mind here, guys, is that when your testicles shrink, it's because the pituitary gland is not producing the amount of LH and FSH your Leydig cells require to, to be stimulated. And, and if the Leydig cells are not being stimulated, then your testicles are not taking in cholesterol and, and getting to, to a size where they're producing hormones. So 
making sure to take something like my hggenerate.com, my intergenerate product will help to make sure that cycle gets kicked back up. So your testicles go back to producing amounts of hormones. I'm not a big fan of, of HCG. I'm not a big fan of it at all. I've used it here and there. It's not bad, but I mean, I, I just find I get same benefits taking some herbals that I can find over the counter. And the problem with HCG is that you take and it works immediately and then it's out of your system. Ideally, you break it up into, a, into different shots and you take a shot every few days. But that's it. Um, that's it. That's all I got, man. Let's move on to the next one. The last one I'm going to do, guys, getting angry on steroids. Um, this guy is saying he's using Sustenon, which is a blend of four different testosterone esters, Decadurbol and Debol, which is a classic bulking stack. We kind of discussed that earlier in the podcast, didn't we? He said he's getting very aggressive. He's 29 years old. This is the second cycle. If he notices, uh, blah, 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 he's got a short temper, gets very anger, very, very angry, very easily. And he feels like if someone doesn't take his side, he gets very upset. Is this normal? So what happens is, guys, especially early on when you're younger um, and you are new to, newer to steroids, those androgens really hit your body. It makes you feel very aggressive sometimes. Um, sometimes you'll get a short temper because, you know, you get very impatient on, uh, on androgenic steroids like this. Um, Decadurabolin is very mild, but the Sustin and the Devil are more androgenic. So if you combine the three, it's very easy to see how you could be getting aggressive on it. So I think it's kind of normal to feel this way, especially when you're not used to these androgens, but over time it kind of gets better. So I would tell you maybe ease off on these androgenic compounds and run more mild steroids for the time being, especially if you're going to piss people off. But from a psychology standpoint, I'm using my psychology degree, which I never get a chance to use except on this podcast, it seems, or on the forums, because uh, a psychology degree ain't worth shit in the real world. But here, here's, here's the deal. Like from a psychological standpoint, when you get short tempered. Um, a lot of that is because of your childhood. Maybe when you were a baby and you cried and you threw a hissy fit, you, your parents gave you food, maybe, um, you know, so it could be that you're just hungry on cycle and when you're not eating, you, you know, you know, you have a strong appetite, you get a little grumpy, you take it out on your relatives. <clears throat> but the thing is you need to not do that. You need to, when you feel this way, you have to get the baby batter out um, exercise, exercise and exercise. So if you feel this pent up temper coming on, don't take it out on your loved ones, you know, because words do hurt, especially when you're dealing with women, because women will not live it down. If you tell a woman something, she will not forget that. So you have to be careful what you say, just, just go take a break. Don't lose your temper, walk away from a situation and exercise it out. I mean, if you, if you exercise it out, you'll feel better. So I'd recommend maybe the next cycle, stay away from more androgenic compounds and then see if you still feel that way. Rick, you have a quick, quick thought on that? Yeah, man. Um, steroids can, can make people moody on, on, on their own, but if you're mixing um, some stims, like even like Adderall or Ritalin with it or cocaine guys who, who indulge in that, 
chances are those things are going to give you a, a quicker temper and you add steroids on top of that. Um, you're, you're, you're getting in trouble, my friend. Even alcohol might even um, give you more moodiness. So I think steroids on their own, if you're already an asshole, you become a bigger asshole on steroids. But really, you might be looking at some other stuff, man. Um, they're guys who got these Adderall and Ritalin descriptions, prescriptions, and they, they, they don't even count that in. They'll post a question, hey, you know, I'm trying to do a cycle. What should I take? Um, I wanted to run Diana Ball with Trambolone. And that's just a recipe for a bad temper. And you, and you throw a heart stimulant on top of it, like one of these ADD medications. Oh, boy. Oh boy, you're gonna you're gonna be uh you're gonna be in, in for for a ride. So don't do that, guys. Don't do that. Um, and yeah, I mean, uh, uh, mindfulness, mindfulness meditation for anybody that has issues uh, controlling their temper. You either get too angry or too sad or too worked up or whatever it is that you get too much of. That's what the fuck you need. Mindfulness meditation. Um, I'm not going to go over mindfulness on the podcast yet once again, because I have, but YouTube, that shit, mindfulness, meditation. And when you, uh, when you meditate, you only have to a couple minutes a day, a couple minutes, a couple times a day. It's really where you need to be at. And you'll notice right away, man, you might have a situation that's make angry and you'll feel yourself getting a little bit angry and you'll say, Hey, I think the situation is kind of making me angry. And you can you can just take a step back from what you're feeling at the moment and kind of hold it in your hand and kind of see it and, and know you feel it, but you know what's going on. You're not consumed by it. You're not taken over by it. Anger doesn't become you. You don't become anger. You become a person that's starting to feel anger and identifies the feeling of anger and can take a step back from it and not let it run you. Instead, you, you, you hold that anger, that frustration in your hand and you look at it and examine it. It's, it's, it's the difference between doing two minutes of mindfulness twice a day and just not doing anything at all is that ability to look at your feelings and take a step back from your feelings. And that's it. Gave you guys some courses, some practicals. I mean, what, what else you want? Well set. All right, guys, so that was the end of the podcast. Appreciate you guys listening. Episode 415, Rapid Fire, eight questions. Talk to you guys next week. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.